I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Here we are. Another here we episode. Are. Here we are. Here we're, we're here. here. Li- we're, we're here. Live. Nope. Not really live, but kind of live, because we're here together as, a, as friends. Alive. Alive and well. Mm-hmm. Not well, but alive. Well, I'm well. You're well. So great. It was so gracious of all the hospital staff to let us come and rent out a room here. <laughs> <laughs> to record. How much do you fucking think this room would cost to rent for like, at like on Airbnb for a night? The government's in- probably got a pretty hefty rate. No, yeah. but like for real, let's just like, let's you had add, to pay for it. If you were, if you had to pay for the room to rent, like if they were like, all right, we're going to have like floor 8.2, we're actually going to like for the summer, just have it for rental rooms for people to come to Halifax and enjoy the, the view of like with all the medical equipment and like the, no, no, no. Like the cost. No, no, no. Okay. I, I hear <laughs> what you're saying. Room. You're just like, room. you're saying just if it was like straight you get, up bed, you a, room, like, a bed, a bathroom in mini, the room, mini fridge too, 40 mini bucks. fridge and that microwave, yeah. 40 bucks. Yeah. Minute. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm in the same ballpark as you Taylor. $40 I think would be like a fair estimate. However, I'm, I'm going for five bucks a night. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm going to go well, five bucks five a bucks, night. That's really cheap. It no, does have a hostile vibe to it though. Dude, look at this fucking place. It's great. This is like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to like really tear down the medical system here. But I mean, things are not looking that great. Oh, I'll tear it down. I'll fucking tear the <laughs> motherfucker down. I've been in here. So, people who, if, in case you don't know, <clears throat> well, this by the time this comes out, hopefully, I'll be out of here. But um, we were in Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> TV we, rental service picture behind you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. dude. On the TV that's from 1982. It, 1982, <laughs> dude. I think this TV is from fucking. I think this is literally the first TV Spectrum. ever built. Do you think now, they just? Do you think that there's a decision to keep it, or do you think they just never make any decisions on removing it? Like because look at like there's no reason for that thing to be here. But they I, they I use it though. You, it. It's you literally to, just a burden on the wall because it's built into the to a stud. There's really a, just in, you have to pay to use it. You have to pay to use that. You have to pay to use it. Yeah, when I turn that on, it's like, hey, pay to get the channels. Anyway, so we were in Los Angeles, um, and we we came back. We had an amazing trip, um, as you're you're going to be hearing over the coming weeks. Um, we had some good interviews with some really fantastic people. And uh, when we came back, we, we had a red-eye flight. So we, we all got back. We were all pretty tired boys. Mm-hmm. And we all went home, and we all took big old naps. Um, <clears throat> but when I woke from my nap, I was still feeling, like, really tired and really icky. But I just thought, oh, that's just jet lag. And then the next day, I had a fever. And I was like, oh, that's not jet lag. But maybe it's jet lag and, like, a really minor, doesn't really matter, kind of cold. Mm-hmm. And that day, I also bought tickets to go to Mexico the next week. And then the next day, I went out to help my wife 
start the snowblower. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I was out there for about three minutes, and it turned into basically a scene from a Quentin Tarantino movie where I went to push the snowblower. And your leg went under it, and it just <laughs> chewed that fucker up. Yeah. And there was blood everywhere. Oh, my God. Not quite. And now you're in the hospital because your <clears throat> leg's fucked up. But it's cool because it was at the exact spot where Brandon's uh, leg was cut off, and we just got his prosthetic and stuck it on you. That's sweet. That's right. We were, so thank you, Brandon, for not being uh, put underground with your, your prosthetics <laughs> and leaving those for one of us in case we lost a leg. Uh, no, but, you know, I, I mean, that might as well have fucking happened. Um, because really, <laughs> really, really? Is honestly, that? dudes, I wish you were there to see it. I have a photo to show you, Taylor. That's gonna fuck you, fuck Dude, you up. Dude, you know what? You have pneumonia, and and uh, I wonder what everybody out here, out there with one leg, is like. <laughs> yeah, yeah pneumonia is basically the same. Well, no, 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 no. Let me let me finish. <laughs> I said basically that might might as well have happened because of the amount of blood that came out of my face. It it was as if I got shot in the fucking chest. And then, and then I reacted to that. I like, coughed. I coughed, and <clears throat> an, like a, a very, very shocking amount of just blood came out of my mouth in like metronomic rhythm. Like, no, no, not like that. Well, it was metronomic. If I was deciding to cough, metronomic in in a metronomic rhythm. It was just every time I coughed. So I would cough. This came out. Bridie looked at me like we both froze. We were like, what the fuck just happened? And the, the white snow didn't help. That was the, that was like the, mm. the contrast of the white snow and the really, red blood. Really paint us a picture there, Bob Ross. Well, I'm, I'm trying, uh, but you keep fucking interrupting me. Um, <clears throat> which also, you know what? We just got a comment on our Facebook, and I think it's quite true. Uh, Brian... Just won't shut the fuck up, um, dude. I can literally never get 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 a word out with you guys. Uh, so here, so Taylor, people can't see this, and I would, I was debating putting this on Instagram, but I don't think it's a good idea because it's pretty fucking gross. Is but it the blood from your? No, this is the blood from the snow after I was admitted the other night. Oh, and it was a bad one. I had, I had a bad, oh, I had a dude. bad bite. Oh fuck me. Oh fuck, dude. Dude, that's like that's like two dude. cups of blood. No, it's not. Two cups? Dude, two cups is 500 mils of blood. Yeah, it's probably one cup. All right, that's one cup of blood. Um, <laughs> Dude, that bowl is huge. 500 mils of blood, you'd be, you'd be hanging on for dear life. Um, you know, you know that is, the cloudiness of that blood is, uh, is stomach turning. I honestly have to say, I, oh, I'm not God. too... That, that stuff usually doesn't bother me, but when I was here the other night, Jaren, you were telling me about that. You uh, you showed me the picture after, and I thought I was gonna like you. You painted it out to be pretty graphic, and, and then you saw it, and I I wasn't expecting it to be as bad as it was when you showed me. When you showed me that, I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like that's super gnarly. That's intense. That's yeah. a lot. So it induced quite a bit of panic. The like when it first happened, but so like that's the the worst part for you so far has been like the coughing up of the blood. You haven't felt actually like overall. That shitty on the day to day. Yeah, essentially. So, so the initial one in the driveway was like coughing up blood, full panic mode. We raced to the ER, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was pretty much admitted. Since then, I've been here now. Was since, that the first? Was that sorry? Was that the first time that you like ever 
coughed up that much blood? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I've never coughed up blood. And okay. I've coughed up streaks of blood in my in my like in my sputum, like in my like in, in like a loogie. Mm-hmm. There'd be like little streaks of blood in that. I've had that before. But this was like straight up blood. Yeah, it was like I was bleeding out of my like like someone slit the inside of my throat. How how panicked were you? On a scale of one to ten, I was I was a pretty good like nine. Like I was I was straight up panicking. Mm-hmm. Then we got to the hospital, and then they tried to put an IV in me, and then it went from nine to like eleven. You hate needles. Oh, and I had a I actually had my first panic attack, and I had to like I had to I I I almost passed out because of how like how hardcore I was hyperventilating. Like how did that? What did that look like? Like what were you feeling? Um, I don't know because it it doesn't like, it doesn't really make sense when I sit here and think about it now, but basically I knew this guy was going to put this needle into my vein mm-hmm. and, uh, and my like heart rate spiked and my, and my breath rate was like, it was like I was trying, it was like I was a really shitty beatboxer, like just going <laughs> like that shit. <clears throat> yeah, I've never heard a beatboxer do that sound. So you never heard like, someone go. <laughs> 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 oh, now that you put it in context, I actually know exactly you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know that dude, effect I'm going for? Very much sounded so. more like a gorilla getting ready to mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was getting ready to getting ready to fuck as a gorilla. Um <laughs> And, and then like sweating and, you know, I had Bridie and Becca were there and they were just, they were trying to calm me down, but like nothing they could say would do. Was there like anything. a, was there an idea? Were you like, were you going, oh, this might be, this might be it? No. Was there that no, thought no, no, no. or were you just panicked because of the blood? No, no, th- no, dude, not even this panic attack, like the actual panic attack. Oh, sorry, attack sorry, not, was, the, not the panic attack. The IV. Not the panic attack, but when you started coughing up blood, were you like... Were you, was there a thought like, holy fuck, I'm coughing up blood. I've never coughed up blood before. This might be mega bad. Mm, I did think, ooh, this is not good. But I think, I thought more so than anything. I was just like, oh, I got a bad bite. Yeah. I got a bad, bad bite. If no one knows that reference, uh, your mom says podcast, just Google bad bite Nat Geo and watch that video. It's a bad bite. So I I just thought, yeah, this is a bad bite. Like I got to go to the hospital and it's probably not going to be good for the next couple of weeks. And you had you had just booked uh, a flight to Mexico that morning, literally like the, the like the night before booked yeah. a flight to Mexico. Fuck, and it's still sort of up in the air. So, whether so you're when you get that. recording this right now, it's Sunday, and Mexico. Uh, my flight leaves for Mexico on Wednesday morning at six. Okay, so when you get admitted, because you've been in the hospital now for almost exactly a week. When you get admitted, is it almost always um, true that you have to be in here for about? Two weeks, yeah. So, so basically, the way that generally the way that the CF team works here in Halifax is that if someone comes in with like um, some sort of like classic by the book CF um, infection I- infection or, like, or issue, yeah. they typically look at that and go, "Okay, IV antibiotics, keep them for a minimum of two weeks." If they're better before that, we still keep them in for that like two weeks just to make sure. <clears throat> and if they're not better, they're better up to that point. We you know change course. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: is when I was in the ER uh, after I had my panic attack, 
IV was in, everything was all good. Um, they, they, they brought me in to, to get a CAT scan. Oh, went in for the CAT scan and they put in my IV that stuff that makes you feel like you shit yourself. <laughs> so you get really hot. I don't, I didn't remember this part cause I've had it before, but I got really warm in my throat. So my throat was like, kind of like, like burning, but it also made, it made me want to gag. Ooh. Like it was like a, Oh God. But then the burning. What was it? Sorry, like a, like, a, like a, and then the burning went all the way down my body, and then my my pee pee got real warm. And what kind of sound mm. was that? It was like a, oh. like a, oh, okay. So my willy got nice and hot, mm. and then and then my my taint got warm, and then my butthole got really warm, and it felt like I pissed and shit. And that was kind of like a. It was like a. Ooh. When you when you say okay, when you say that. when you say warm butthole, do you Ooh, mean wee. do you mean like uh like yeah. if you if if you uh if you eat like some ghost pepper wings and then the next day like no, that no, type no, of that's warm like, butthole? That's like hot hurt. It's it feels like dude, it feels like if you That's were, more like a Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it feels like if you if you just sat here and and you were like room temperature, but and then you, you filled your pants with hot shit. Or you, oh, <laughs> God damn. I thought you were gonna say if you like use your ujjayi breath and like just really breathe <clears throat> into your butthole and just like breathe in that warm energy. Yeah. So like, yeah, I guess if you could do that, that's probably what it felt like. Mm, anyway, it was very fascinating. Mm. I go in for the CT scan. I go back to ER. Uh, you know, this this all sounds like it happened quickly. It's, this is over the span of like fucking t- twelve hours. Uh, but they end, they end up coming in and they go, oh, you've got pneumonia. So like your CT scan, we looked at it. There's infection in your lungs, but it looks like we've caught it early. It looks like this is like you know this is like early days. Um, that's my IV beeping off. Do you want me to just pull that needle out of your arm? Uh, for fuck no. <laughs> Let's call the nurse. She's called the nurse. Yeah, she's get coming. Her, I'll just get her to come down and flush my uh, IV off. <coughs> Everything, all of it sounds so like, flush off your IV. I know, I know that sounds bad. Eh? So, so they thought, well, at least we caught it early, and that's good. And they were thinking the blood was coming from like, a, you know, the infection might have ruptured a. Hi, um, I my antibiotic is is done on my IV. All right, thank you. Um, so. So I ended up coming up here and basically uh, figured out that my my CRT or my CRP levels, which is like the level that that measures your your uh, you can come in you can come on and flush it off. Yeah, I pressed. Yeah, this is done. Um, here, let's just pause while we. Why don't we do this? That's or should okay. we just keep it going? Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, might as well keep it going then. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so basically my CRP levels are are like, they were like 15, 13 or 15 when I came in. and That doesn't mean anything to me. Right. So I'm going to explain that to you. <laughs> so generally, like you right now, your yours would be like zero or like one. Okay. Um, and if... If they go higher than two, then there's something wrong. It's like inflammation in your body. This is kind of how it explained to me. I don't know if it's if it's fully. Wait, fine. so Jerry, you're getting um, yeah, flushed right now. Yeah. Does that make you feel a little bit nervous? Yeah. It, it, no, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It just I just don't like it. <laughs> oh. 
Thank you. You look right at it, though. Why do you look right at it? Because I'd rather look at it than not look at it. I don't fucking know, man. I just gotta look at it. <laughs> you change. You change when you th- when you talk about it. Like I don't know, man. I just I just, don't I just like do it. it. I just don't like it, but I gotta look. Anyway, so so it's like I think it measures like inflammation. So like the doctor that I was talking to, he was like, "Well, I, I've seen that number up up at like three hundred, but like that's someone who's really fucked." Okay. Like they're like they've gone like septic. Yeah, maybe. I, you sure? Let's just let's, let's say that. Um, uh, so like three hundred is like you're 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 in you're gone to like Foxville. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you're fifteen, it's it's higher than it should be, but it's not that bad, mm-hmm. and we should be able to bring that down. So that was when I was admitted, and then they took those numbers today, and it's at ten. And the deal was here's the deal, man is that for me to get out of here, they want it to be at two. Oh, so they're, they're like, if you want to go to Mexico, you got to clear that infection. You got to get down to like a two, otherwise you can't leave? Or is basically, that basically it? Basically, I think that was the deal. What's, is, is there, is there Which a... Which to me today, like after I got that result back, when I got my blood work today, when she said, oh yeah, it's at 10, I went, fuck. Like that's, I, I think that's too... But if it was at 15, how long ago? How long ago? A week, a week ago. Mm. Well, Tuesday. But you know what? Hopefully, it know, rapidly. Dude, yeah, like maybe it's leaves? like exponential. Like it takes a little bit to move the needle. Like it takes a lot of time to move the needle a little bit, and then and then uh, all of a sudden, once it starts to get better, so it's, it's like critical mass. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it must happen like that. Hundred percent. Right? So, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that. So Tulum, Mexico. I'll see you soon. The uh, <laughs> the power of positivity is incredible. You know, the, yeah. there's tons of studies on on uh, placebo tests and the power of. Placebo, That's true. So. I, you know, you, you, I believe that. That's true. I think yeah. that when we're not here, you should just be sitting, meditating, and um, thinking about getting that score down to one, and then you know it'll just happen. I actually know a guy that with a just just. A couple of phone calls could cure your CF. I don't think we ever. I don't think we ever actually like talked about that guy. On, let's keep the inside jokes out of this. Also, so I think if you if you um if you just start taking garlic, um, okay. So <laughs> anyway, that's the that's the update. I'm okay for anyone who was worried because I know we put up some stories that I was in the hospital, but uh, I'm okay. Everything will be fine. I, I just might miss a little vacation. That's all. Yeah, so I'll make my own staycation here in Halifax. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. I mean, keep it fresh, keep it real. Um, I, I mean, I, like you know, you you you're you got food coming in. Um, I mean, this is a good takeout week for you. It is. I got both my lovers bringing in all the food that I can handle, dude. I have to say, and thanks for shouting that, shouting me out, and saying that I'm one of your lovers because I brought you some pizza the other day. Yeah, so. yeah right. No That's problem. Um, I do want to say you're kind of like you're kind of looking a little bit like a, a Claire Wineland esque uh, figure there, laying in the bed with a microphone, like you know, just just really trying to give give the folks like an insider's look at uh, at what it's like to be. You know, living with with uh, I w- cystic fibrosis. I, w- I wish I could be more like Claire Wineland. She uh, she had that shit on lockdown far more than I ever will. But she's she's definitely front of mind right now too. After uh, after the five LA trip and, and watching Five Feet Apart. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it was a pretty incredible movie. And by I guess by the time this episode comes out, we've already um, released a conversation with Justin Baldoni, which is coming out tomorrow. 
uh, while right now when we're recording this. Yeah, Yeah, but if if you haven't gone seen it yet, go see Five Feet Apart. Uh, I think it's North American release was March uh, March what what this week fourteenth. It's uh, Thursday. Yeah, so uh, go see it. It's it's really good. It's a tearjerker. It's a it's a it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Uh, fucking just adorable movie. But. Um, I was so the uh, I guess this is maybe we can talk a little bit about Sick Wish right now. Um, do you uh, want it? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Okay, um, I've got some articles I want to dive into as well. I know. I just I I do just want to take a, a quick minute to. There's a couple of things <laughs> in relation to Sick Wish that I want to talk about. Um, number one, Charmaine and Rory just got back from yeah. uh, their trip Africa. to Africa. Um, which uh, so I've, seen, I've seen quite a bit of the video so far. Um, we're we're uh, currently in the process process of putting that together, and and uh, I'm really excited to share it with Dude, everybody. I, I couldn't help but think how fucking gnarly it would be, like if we did this thing. We're like, yeah, we started Sick Wish, we raised all this money, we're gonna give someone a wish, and then we send Charmaine and Rory to Africa, and then like Rory gets fucking eaten by like a lion, <laughs> and then Charmaine comes back and was like, "This is ruined my life. You ruined my life." Like you know, like how badly that would have backfired for us. Well, it would have backfired that, it, though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that would have been like kind of all right. It could have that, like <laughs> yeah, in terms, maybe, yeah, in terms of like all right. in, in terms of our scope and reach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. We'd miss Rory. Press any press is good press. Um, nature is metal. No, no, I'm certain nature okay. is metal. So I, I, I did. I did want to. That's not the point that I wanted to make. But um, but yeah, that was that was. Um, Rory's uh, great. Rory's in good shape. Rory is great. No lion maulings. That was it. It was incredible um, to be able to be a part of that. But mm. um, I'm really looking forward to the next sick wish. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which, which we're trying to which we're trying to put together and and uh, and get going. Hopefully for sometime in the summer. I think is where our our heads are at for when that event will be. Yep. Yeah. And we so we um, while while I was visiting Jared the other night, we were um, trying to uh, get get people stoked about um, Sickwish and and do a little bit of a, a campaign around supporting people who are in the hospital right now. Um, and eating shitty hospital food. So, um, Jerry, I couldn't help but notice when the nurse came in or when the um, food delivery person came in uh, Yeah, uh, 20 minutes ago. It's food your, delivery person. Dude, your food tray <laughs> hadn't been touched. It was so heavy. Like, well, it was actually, just it had full. been touched. I grabbed the onshore off it and I grabbed the juice off it. It's yeah. definitely the in- inshore. It's onshore. Definitely not <laughs> that. How do you spell it? E N S U R E. Do you say you're in route or do you say you're en route? Uh, when I'm speaking about going en route, I say en route, but this is <laughs> onshore. So anyway, um, I said onshore. You're saying it's inshore. I think it is. It no, it's onshore. You guys are. I know. I just contradicted myself, but you, you fucking yeah, did. I you did, literally yeah. did. I did. You, you, you I did. argued yourself out of the point. Yeah, I did. Um, but it's insure. So but uh, so but in- so anyway, we we wanted to uh, we wanted to send some food around to to uh, people who are in the hospital in the same situation as Jeremy and and um, not being able to eat um, tasty meals. Um, but the whole point of this is and talking about five feet apart and cystic fibrosis was that I went over to. Um, <laughs> The Victoria General Hospital, and uh, had a really great chat with a, a young girl living with cystic fibrosis and uh, and her family. 
and she had the oxygen mask, or not mask, but like the oxygen the tube, the little tube that goes in your nose. nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I've had that in once. Have you actually? Yeah, I have. No way. Why? Why did I have that in? Dude, you I just had an oxygen bar. I just had in a, Bali. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't super fucking hip like that. No, it was for a hospital thing. I'm just having a major flashback right now to really? something. I was really young. Maybe Shit, it was your why heart. Did I have that in my nose. Was it your heart? Maybe. Was oh. it to the time that your uh, pedophilic um, pediatric Whoa. doctor took oh. you in for a little oh, God. Uh, quote quote unquote treatment? No, he never he never MJ'd me. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus! He yeah he, oh, he I think he was into he Donovan. Was in, just cut this whole part. <laughs> no, don't cut that. It's true though. You <laughs> yeah. had a doctor that got busted. You had a pedoph- pedophilic. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he ever. Doctor. I don't know. I don't know if the he charges was, against him were for were for molestation. It was for child. Porn that he well, it's I just the I'm, you same know, thing kind no, of. Well, I mean, the lines are blurred for sure, the, but they're you know. blurred for sure. But also, sh- child porn definitely, definitely not, not good. okay, definitely not okay. And he was definitely my doctor. And as we learned in the the um, signs of pedophilia episode, pedophiles are not necessarily child molesters. But there's a high chance that that guy could have been. So anyway, Taylor, oh, continue. Um, well, yeah, I had the things in my nose. But I can't remember for the life of me what it was for. It was it was something when I was really young, and I remember I remember having it uh, having it on. Maybe it was for a heart thing. Anyway, anyway. anyway one of the things that uh, that struck me about um, her her having the oxygen like that, and and the fact that in five feet apart, um, all three of the characters who have cystic fibrosis they're all on oxygen um, yeah. we're all on oxygen but Jer, i've never seen you on oxygen before well you will someday um, when my lungs uh, stop working as well as they do have you ever have you ever been on it like that i've never had to be on oxygen but uh, not looking forward to when i do have to be on it mm. like can't we find a way to make it look more cool than having the fucking like nerd strips coming up and over your ears like and so you probably nose. could, but it's probably expensive. It probably is. I don't think it looks uncool. No, it sure it doesn't look uncool. It but just it, looks like you're sick. Just, yeah, just yeah. It's 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 such a stereotypical like yeah, you like, look sick. Yeah, you look sick. You got the like. Why can't we have nose. like you know like? <clears throat> well, I don't know. Like a like a scuba mask. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, definitely not. I'm, I'm thinking more like um, you know. Have you seen these like really sweet? Headphones that like Tom Segura is wearing on his podcast now these days, mm-hmm. so they're they're just they're just like custom made like earbuds with these sort of you know they're attached to a wire, but they're very like you you don't even notice it. Everyone else is wearing these big cans around their full head, like their 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 ears, and he's got this little sort of thing that's like very discreet, like bedazzled. Yeah, not not at all. Um, <laughs> So it's just like, couldn't you know? Isn't there a way to figure that out? I mean, I guess, I guess we figured out a way to have people on oxygen carrying around their oxygen without, like, actually in like satchels, without like pulling this fucking dolly and like right. a giant. And that's because that's what Elspeth had. It was like it, it drew from the environment around her. I believe. Yeah, that's I believe. Right. So that, was, that's which that, was pretty mind. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, um, cool. I mean, that'd be an interesting conversation to have with <clears throat> with somebody who's in like the medical sales. Uh, industry who like goes yeah. around and sells that shit to hospitals and stuff because then you could probably get you'd probably you'd probably get into a cool conversation about the stuff that our health system can afford to buy for yeah. the patients that <coughs> services 
versus the stuff that's actually available if you went to a private clinic somewhere. And you, I'm, I'm sure there are like many levels of stuff that we, we just don't have access to or we wouldn't have access to based on our medical system and the fact that it's public and taxes pay for it. So yeah. Um, speaking of uh, a few things that have uh, kind of come up um, um, in some medical breakthroughs. Dude, I've, I've got some shit here. Um, two things that I saw. So uh, I don't know if anybody out there follows Jerry News, but this is two things came up on Jerry News in the last like week. The first one that came up, which was very well-timed because we were just in L.A. talking to Derek about HIV, and it was, uh, it was a thing that said that there's the second reported cured HIV case in the world. Se- oh, the second. The second. And the first one was in, dude, the first one was in 19, uh, or sorry, 12, it was 12 years ago. That's really Whoa. interesting that um, they would be able to cure a case 12 years ago <clears throat> and then not cure another one until now. Well, listen to this because it's pretty crazy because it was an accident that they cured the first guy because he was being treated for leukemia and got a bone marrow transplant. And it was the bone marrow. He also had HIV and the bone marrow transplant cured his leukemia by accident or sorry, cured his HIV. Bone marrow transplant cured his HIV by accident. And the doctors were like, whoa, what the fuck? He doesn't have HIV anymore. And it was because of the bone marrow transplant and the DNA in the bone marrow of the person who donated it. Is that Whoa. what they talk about? Like when they talk about stem cells, is is that in in bone marrow? Uh, I don't know where uh, stem cells are drawn yeah, from. I'm not sure. I'm not, in the, uh, I think it's taken from your. I, I have no clue. I'm fucking talking on my ass, but I think it might be in your in your spine. They take it from um, maybe your spinal I think it's fluid. The cells that they take out of your stem. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So this is what this is the this is the caption on the uh, on the post. It's on Instagram. For the second time in history, scientists believe a patient was cured from HIV or of HIV. The anonymous man who scientists call the London patient has experienced sustained remission of his infection after receiving bone marrow transplants from a donor who has a genetic mutation that makes them resistant to HIV. Doctors say that while they are helpful for research, transplants are not ideal to treat the infection. At at the moment, the procedure still carries too much risk to be used in patients who are otherwise well as daily tablet treatment for HIV is able to usually, uh, is able to usually able, no, that's just a fuck up, to maintain patients' long-term health. Sunday marked 12 years since the first cured HIV patient, Timothy Ray Brown, who received a bone marrow transplant initially intended to treat his leukemia. Isn't that interesting? Because like, like they say there that um, it's more risky, it sounds like it's more risky to do a bone marrow transplant than it is, and, and cure HIV possibly, than it is to just go on with the regular treatment that exists right now for HIV. Because the treatment is so effective. Right, exactly. Yeah. But the the stigma and like the thing that we learned from the conversation with Derek is like, it's really, the problem with HIV really is the stigma. Right, yeah, you know? absolutely. Like you can more or less, ma- like with medication, um, reduce the viral load down until it's till it's basically not like not noticeable. Yeah, it, it, to to a point where you it's basically not affecting your life on a physical on the physical level. Exactly. Like it's really yeah. just the way that it fucks with you mentally and how the people around you in society at large perceive you having HIV. Yeah, like <clears throat> is this are we doing this just to rub this in cuz there's no cure for CF? Like what? The, what the fuck's the point? Of yeah, this well, I'm like, just waiting on Jerry like News I'm, to hit I'm me just, up with I'm the CF. I'm laying in this here. hospital bed right now with the IV in me, and uh, this is like I just feel like this is a real slap to my goddamn face. 
But um, congrats, congrats out there to uh, London Patient. Yeah, weird that they that they wouldn't use his name. I feel like if it was me, I'd be like, la 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 la, look at me, I've beat the odds. Like I've, I'm, you know, I'd be like, well, I guess that speaks to the stigma of HIV, probably. You know, right? I mean, maybe maybe, maybe right. that's exactly yeah. why. Maybe that's the sole reason why he wants to be anonymous is because right. he doesn't want anybody to know he has HIV. Um, guys, can I tell you what stem cells are? Sure. Stem cells are the body's raw materials. So there are cells from which all other cells with specialized functions are generated. Under the right conditions in the body or a, or a laboratory, stem cells divide to form more cells called daughter cells. These daughter cells either become new stem cells or become specialized cells with a more specific function, such as blood cells, brain cells, heart, muscle cells, or bone cells. So basically... I knew 84. No, I knew ninety percent of that. So basically, they are our 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 Lego starter set. That's right. They're the yeah, foundation that's good, cell. That's a good uh, analogy. That's why they can take stem cells and put them in your shoulder, or put them in your in your back, or anywhere because so, they'll just adopt into that. Can they put them? Needed. Can they put them in your penis? Dude, I bet there's some fucking people out there that are jacking some stem cells into somebody's dick. I guarantee it. <laughs> so uh, so a, a, a good question would be where do stem cells come from if one of you want to ask me that because I can answer that. Brian, I have a question for you. Where do stem cells come from? Well, there's actually uh, several sources of stem cells. Um, oh, interesting. One would be embryonic stem cells. Uh, which they come from embryos that are three to five days old, and that's the con- that's the controversial shit, right? Yeah, uh, it's very controversial. Uh, the other one is adult stem cells, um, and these are found in small numbers in most adult tissues, uh, such as bone marrow or fat. Right. So, okay. bone, so marrow, bone um, marrow is a good way to for them to because uh, stem cells were they were really controversial for a long time because I don't know if they were only coming from the embryonic place before but at least that was the talking point in the media that you were getting them from and that the whole thing around like stem cells and dead babies and it was very very fucking heated Mm -hmm. it says uh speaking of the embryonic stem cells uh (coughs) they're they're used generally to regenerate or repair diseased tissue and organs Interesting. Whereas, um, like, whereas the other ones are used for different functions. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I Which is interesting because they're all stem cells, right? I, so I haven't they... gotten my doctorate yet, so I can't like. It's I coming soon. I, I I shouldn't be all... saying too much because you know I I want to save. Dude, before this is done, we're all three of us are going to be rolling on. I'm going to save um, my knowledge for the, uh, that, the yeah. board, no, the on, board. Honorary, honorary. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Well, it looks like we just crossed 5 million podcasts in the world, so it is with some humility that I introduce mine, Kelly Corrigan Wonders. Once a week, we share heart-to-hearts with smart, good people like Brian Stevenson, Anna Quinlan, Father Greg Boyle, talking about how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, and how we might do both better. Kelly Corrigan Wonders is a podcast for people who like to laugh while they think and aren't afraid of feelings. Join us for Kelly Corrigan Wonders. Well, here, I'm going to dive in there before you go to the next Jerry News thing, because I think this is, this is probably more important than that. Um, this was okay. in the news last year. Uh, so we just talked about how, how someone was cured of HIV, uh, which is great news. I don't know if this would be considered great news or not. We were talking about our friend Brandon, who had his uh, leg amputated earlier in the podcast. Brandon, rest in peace. Love you, buddy. Um, this, this is, uh, I bet you he would have giggled at this. Uh, the title of this article is uh, comes from Vice uh, by 
Beckett Muffson. Uh, the title is This Guy Served His Friends Tacos Made From His Own Amputated Leg. Oh, whoa, that's cool. This is more important than what I was going to say, hands down. I know. If you could taste the flesh, human flesh in an ethical way, would you? It is the kind of question you asked after watching Silence of the Lambs, stoned. Well, I'm going to ask right now. If you, could, <laughs> if you could taste it ethically, would you? Like if you, went to, if you went to a restaurant and the restaurant was like, like uh, it was just called, it was called um, uh, Man. <laughs> All right. And then, and, and, and. That and, is going to be the name of the first. <laughs> for sure. Human meat restaurant. Yeah. Homo erectus. <laughs> and then, and then you go in and it's, and it's like, they have vegan dishes and they have, you know, they have like forged chanterelle, pickled chanterelle dishes. Why would they have they, yeah. vegan dishes at a restaurant named Man? That well, would... they have vegan dishes at Antler in Toronto. Yeah, yeah I so guess. why not? You, you yeah. need to have options for all people. But they also have, um, they also have Man, uh, uh. <laughs> Loin, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. seared man loin. I don't think loin is. But anyway, uh, I what my my first question would be because this is such foreign territory. <laughs> is how can it be ethical? Ethical like it ethical was ethical as like in like grown? Like, like it was let's like say, lab right, grown. Here, let, let's say let, let, this is all hypothetical. Hypothetical I, I is like very it, stupid. I, I like how you get into like the like. Well, where does it? Is it sustainably harvested and things like? No, that? it's not like, sustainably like, harvested, but it's it's no, like no. was it was it did they murder somebody for it? But no, he's basically a, he's basically asking like, would you eat human if you could? Okay, <laughs> look, I'm gonna lay it out to Taylor. Yeah, but I'm, but, I'm, but I'm, my brain is wondering how could you? <laughs> let me let me lay it out for you. All right, so. <clears throat> uh, we right now we have options as humans to donate our bodies, donate our organs, donate our bodies to science. Um, if on that donor card there was a donate your body for for uh, restaurant tours, and and so mm. it's like okay, we don't have room to actually right. take him into the to like the into Dal Med because we have too many bodies. What's the next on the list? Okay, well you know we've harvested all the organs that we could from this person. Okay, what's next? Oh, he wants to be donated for sustenance. Cool. So we take his body. Right. It's on ice, and we give it to the butchers over at Man. Right. And then they take your body and they prep it. And, and they and 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 they're obviously assessing this and going, "This is a good cut of meat. Or this yes. will this will be a good cut." Well, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, he's been grain fed. I mean, most of his life. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna feed. They're not going customers f- bad cuts. Of well, meat. he was free range, so he's good. They're not gonna cut. They're not gonna serve you meat that is sick. Right. Yeah. Right? So right. it's it's healthy meat. Yeah. yeah. Would okay. you do it? Uh. Yeah. And w- w- let me tell you why. You would. Yeah, I would. You know, let me tell you why. Because well, right. anybody who thinks that eating um different types that eating any type of meat is different from the meat that they're used to eating is in it, living in a delusion. I, so you're saying like this is a like, very good point, Taylor. Like cattle because, because like if beef. you. Compared to rabbit, for right, example, like, or, like somebody, somebody, or dog, a very, or dog, good, a very yeah. good comparison would be going, oh, uh, I, I eat, I eat beef all the time, but like, oh my god, I would never eat a horse. It's like, wh- well, why not? Yeah. They're just meat. Or like, we're all just fucking yeah. meat. Yeah, we, we've not I think the, and now, now that's not to say that there are types of meat that are that are more suited for consumption. I think there there are. And you could say that some type of meat tastes better than another type of meat, but at the end of the day, it's all just it's all just 
muscle from an animal. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really matters where, what the animal is. Now, but, the ethical is- question is different. In a crazy world where you could ethically do it, that um, I mean, okay, but, well, but I think I think the line that it crosses, and look, like I'm I'm the type of person who's always I'm I'm always interested in in new experiences, so like I would definitely be open to the idea of it. Um, however, I think the one like the the line that it crosses, or the thing that is different about it, is that when you're talking about all other animals, you're talking about everything that's not human. But then, then when you get into eating your own, like people who are the same as you, it's different than saying like a horse is a cow, is a dog, is a rabbit. But that you know? exists in the animal kingdom it all does. over the place. Where, but I, I think that there is a line. Yeah. I think there is a line that makes you as a human being different than. But is the line a social line? It is. Yeah, That's I think a, it is. Yeah. It, it, oh, very much yeah. so. And right. it's the same way that. It's the same way that we all go, That uh, not all go, but a lot of us go, yeah, totally, I'll get a thing of milk at the grocery store. But if a woman came up to you and was like, here's some breast milk that I made as a human, lots of people, most people, I would argue, go, oh, no, no, I don't want. And it's like, that's the best one for you. Mm-hmm. And also you drank that when you were a kid. Yeah, also <laughs> it's like it's literally made for you. And, we also drank it on the show. And once. we drank it on the show. And and I guess I'm drawing a comparison to that experience with yeah. the human meat thing, as wildly insane as that sounds coming out of my mouth. <laughs> that I would that but, I would try. But, but it's kind of it's more so like a, a team thing, you know? Like you like when you when you play on a hockey team, you never score in your own net, right? And like as human beings, we're all on the same team in the food chain and we, we don't eat the other members of our food chain team, right? But that's a. I think that's a. That's a. That's a social thing yeah, that we've social, that yeah. we've that we've developed over time as a as a survival. I mean, thing. so is a sport team. Well, I think <laughs> right. I think the, yeah. the the thing that we are learning here, and I'm not done reading the article, but the thing that we are learning here is that uh, Taylor is a psychopath. Okay, so uh, no matter how you respond, you never expect anyone to hold you to your answer. But in a recent Reddit post, user incredibly shiny shart. Oh my God. That's such a great username. Incredibly shiny shart shared the story of a motorcycle crash that put him face to face with the macabre hypothetical. When a car hit his bike and sent him careening into a nearby forest, his foot was shattered to the point that he would never walk on it again. When the doctor asked if he wanted to amputate, his one question was, can I keep it? The doctor said yes. On Sunday, July 10th, 2016, three weeks after the accident, Shiny, who prefers to remain anonymous, invited 10 of his most open-minded friends to take a special brunch. (laughs) Hold on. They ate apple strudel, quiche puff pastries, fruit tarts, and chocolate cake. They drank gin lemonade punches and mimosas, and then the main course came out, fajita tacos made from Shiny's severed human limb. See, now, his foot, like what kind of meat are you getting off a of foot? Dude, on the bottom of a foot, you got some nice muscles. What if, but what if, what if it was a, uh, like an above knee amputation or like a, even I mean, a below knee amputation? There's a reason why you, you buy get, shoulders and thighs. But you get calf muscle, like calf muscle would probably be pretty good. I feel like it'd be a little sinewy. But the other thing is, don't you think that that foot, like the bone and stuff, if it's shattered in like a motorcycle accident, that that shit would like 
Yeah. Like really kind of get in the meat. No, and dude. How, no, that just tenderizes it. Oh, uh, but it's, how, all, it's tenderized. Okay. And then you, then you, you debone it just and like any other animal. We were talking about like the ethical consumption of, of, of course, of human being. Now, Taylor, like, would you, if you were invited to that party, would you eat that person's leg? Uh, I would for the story of it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, here, now, me- I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going, Oh, I'm excited to have this. It would be like a, <laughs> It would be like, hey, oh, I'm going to do this, and then I can say that I've done that, and that would be funny in some way. <laughs> now, now, at the time this was written, at the time this was written in June of 2018, I'm going to continue the article. The United States doesn't have a federal law banning cannibalism. Idaho is the only state in which the simple act of eating human flesh can land you in prison. They've had an issue there, I think. Laws against murder, <laughs> buying and selling human meat, and corpse des- des- uh, desecration make cannibalism difficult, but technically legal in the other 49 states. It's rare someone's able to consent to being eaten meets someone's interest in, being, in eating them, but even that scenario raises a ton of ethical questions. A Belgian man named... Detlev Gunzel was sentenced to eight and a half years in prison for butchering and eating a Polish business businessman with his consent. Oh, that was the dude that I read that. Yeah. We read that on the podcast before. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. Shinies is the rare case where cannibalism was not only legal but ethical. He documented the entire process, but due to the graphic nature of the photos, we have omitted several from this post. From oh, Reddit? Reddit? View the from full Reddit? set here. Oh no! My no, this God. is a this is a, um, a nice um, article. This actually goes into a really, really, really interesting place from here. Um, um, do you guys want to see these photos? I do. Yeah, let's see them first. Um, uh, I sent you the link. I think you should open it on your phones. Are they? Is it because of the setup here? How can it be so graphic though? Oh, do they show like him preparing the foot? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked at it yet. It's, what did you send? It's in, so it's in. Uh, Where did you send the? Oh, here it is. So go to the article. Oh my lord! It just looks like steak. No, no, no. Hold on, though. Or at least the. You haven't seen it yet. Go to the article. What this did, guy oh. served his friends tacos made from his own. And then go down, go down to the paragraph where it says. So if if, if you want to follow along, uh, listeners, uh, just Google uh, this guy. <laughs> this guy served his friends tacos. Made from his own amputated leg. It's a oh, place article. Oh, he, oh, he was chopped from like just below the knee. So down like, here. there's a bunch of calf. Oh, uh, did you see, see this? It says here. So you scroll down, yeah. and it says full the few, uh, yeah. view the full set here. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Oh shit. Oh. <clears throat> well, these are ampu- oh my these are god. Well, these are amputation photos, which is gnarly dude, as fuck. Oh my this, lord. Though. Yeah, I know. I can't. That's crazy. But that they did get a good pound of meat there, though. Like a couple pounds, probably. Oh, whoa. He's got some, he's got some big, uh, I guess it's just swollen. Oh, man, it's so gnarly. Do you see the flower box photo? Whoa, these are whoa, fucking crazy. This whoa, is... dude, whoa, dude, skipping a boo. Whoa. Oh, dude, those ta- those, t- the food looks good, though. Dude, those, those like sautéed onions and red peppers. See, yeah. what I'm saying here is that when you, if you saw, wow. well, the point crazy. that I was trying to make when we started out this conversation is that if you look at the, once you get past these amputation photos and you just see cooked meat, it's it no different. Looks, it just yeah, looks like no cooked meat pork. because there's, the, because there is nothing inherently different about it. I, I, I will say the idea of it in my head, like makes me feel sick to, to- my stomach. Oh, totally. It's totally fucked like, up. Even like looking at it, I totally agree. It just looks like any now, meat. All right. But would like, it make you feel sick to your stomach, Brian? How does that if, make you feel? If you ate it, and then after you ate it, you were like, wow, that was the most delicious fajita I've ever had in my life. And then the next day, I was like, oh, Bri, by the way, 
that fajita was shavings from my abdomen. I'd probably throw up. Okay. I'd probably I'd probably throw up because of like the and and obviously it's because of like the social construct that we have in our head that like it's that cannibalism is completely unacceptable, which I totally well, I think it kind agree of is with for you know? the most part. But um, but in this but, case, do you think it's unacceptable? No, I don't think it's unacceptable in this case. I think that that's I think there's valid. something kind of I mean, cool about it. In I, this I think case. I think it's cool too, and I I think the idea is really interesting. Um, but I I will have to I do have to say like it it, it would make me sick to my stomach to think about doing it. I don't know if I could eat it and like swallow it. Well, here, uh, so they asked some questions. One of them was, how did you convince 10 friends to eat the food with you? He's like, I didn't tell them. <laughs> he said, I invited 11 people. I said something like, remember how we always talked about how if we ever had the chance to ethically eat human meat, we would do it? Well, I'm calling you on that. Were you doing this or what? 10 said yes. I guess that we're a weird group. There were several different friend groups involved. I approached one group with the idea and they were like, totally, because how often are you going to get the chance? One friend said she'd asked her boyfriend, a chef, if he would do the cooking. <clears throat> Perfect. The final tally was the chef and his girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, one friend from college, two friends I had over, uh, over a couple of years, two I'd known for over 10 years, and one of their daughters who had also helped me cast the foot. It was a close group. Wow, Isn't that, fucking that crazy? is super nuts. Nice. So um, this is a this is an interesting. So I was I was listening to this uh, Radio Lab episode called um, Loops on the way over here, and um, I love Fruit Loops. And mm-hmm. um, they were talking about uh, what happens to a whale when a whale dies, because um, when they die, they're oftentimes seen or found floating on the surface of the ocean, mm-hmm. and um, don't they eventually sink to the bottom and then? Bottom feeders just like just decimate them. Yeah, but it's a really crazy process. So like they were trying to, um, they were trying to. A scientist was trying to track this whale and figure out what exactly happens when they die and how do they, um, how does like the ecosystem dispose of of the whale carcass? <clears throat> and um, they were trying to sink this body, and they tied like two thousand pounds of steel to it to try to sink it so that they could observe it. Um, and it wouldn't sink. Like it was so filled up with gases um, that even two thousand pounds um, weighing it down wouldn't sink it. So oh. they, um, the guy, one of the guys on the boat pulled out this like huge rifle, and they started shooting the carcass, and still it wouldn't sink. Whoa, that's yeah. that's a crazy that's job. Nuts. Yeah. So um, eventually they they monitored it, and eventually it did go to the bottom. Um, and when it started to sink, like a ton of these like fish started to come up. Coming up to it, and like sharks showed up, and all these different animals. Like there was like thousands of these fish that were were showing up and eating it, and um, it eventually settled on the bottom. And then um, these these uh, worms came up out of the silt on the bottom and started like finishing off like um, the meat that was stuck to the bones and mm. stuff. And uh, they were saying that there's like th- thirty to forty thousand worms per cubic meter. Wow. Per square meter. Well, have you on, watched? Have you watched on, uh, Blue Planet, or or maybe it's Planet Earth, but it, with the whale carcass on the bottom? Yeah, I can't remember though. But and they've got giant crabs, and it's like it's so, like so many different species. But one of the just, cool, okay, so and and this is like I, I think a lot of people can understand this process, and it's not like really new news to them. But but the the most interesting part was that once all these worms come up and start uh, finishing it off, there's all that's left is the bones. But the bones actually start to release um, <clears throat> sulfur, 
and bacteria um, feasts on the sulfur and it's bacteria that's like floating around in the water and then it kind of just gets attached to these these bones and and it turns into this like he he's he explained it in a way that it looked like um, polar bear fur it's like the whole carcass of this whale is just like like looks fuzzy and like on the bones you mean on the bones like attached to the bones and it just looks like you, they draped like this polar bear fur over all the bones and then it stays there for 50 to 70 years until Whoa. it feeds that biological that that ecosystem it sustains it for 50 to 70 years and um the thing that i thought that was really powerful about it was um the guy who was interviewing him said well what's the lifespan of a, of a whale and he's like it's the exact same it's it's comparable it's 50 to 70 years so isn't it crazy and like really cool in a way that that this living organism survives for a certain period of time and then it goes on to sustain a whole other ecosystem of different animals and bacteria and stuff it's for like the training, same amount of time he's like training his entire life <laughs> to do an entire life's worth of giving back but it's, when he dies. and so and so that's what i was thinking about was um was uh the conversation that we had um, with, with Caitlin. Caitlin, the mortician, and and all of the things that you could do with your body after death um, or when you die that like we don't traditionally think of doing. Like, yeah. how can you use your body to? I mean, I know that we have ways to donate our organs, which goes on to help other people. Um, but it's interesting to think of that, like the the using your body or limbs for sustenance for other people, like. I know that that's like obviously a lot crazier of a concept, yeah, but like, yeah. but what other ways are there to, you know, take your body and use it to like fuel some other ecosystem, whether it's yeah. a, a shrouded like um, green burial or, yeah. or something yeah. like that? This is Caitlin Dowdy, who uh, we her episode I might be coming out either next week or the week after next, and she's a she's basically a, a, a famous mortician in L.A. And uh, really rad, rad woman, and such a fascinating conversation about you know what happens with our bodies when we're gone. Which made which which this is a really long and roundabout way to get to it. But I when I was thinking of of that earlier today, I was thinking um, that I don't know if we've ever talked about like what we want to happen with our bodies when we die. I know that we we kind of I think probably offline too. We had a, a brief conversation after speaking to Roxanne. The first time, and we talk a lot about how we want to celebrate our lives while we're still here, or like how would we plan our our death parties? Um, but but do you guys have a way that you think that you'd like to be buried, or have you thought about it? Did you think about it after our conversation with um, Caitlin anymore? How crazy would it be? Know, man. You know that uh, have you guys been to uh, Charlottetown? Like. Yes. Recently, not recently. But, I guess it mm. doesn't even need to be recently. But on on uh, Queen Street at the corner of Queen and Victoria Row, do you know where that is? No. So it's like the Guild Theater. I mean, there's there. like three streets in Charlottetown. The, the Victoria <laughs> Row is like that street where like Fish Bones and like all those restaurants are. It's yeah, like yeah, pedestrian yeah. way. Yep. So at the corner of the Main Road and Victoria Row, there's this little bench, park bench, and on the bench there's a cast iron. Um, Dude, mm-hmm. and he's like crossing his legs, and he's got his arm around the bench, and then like people, it's like a photo op. People like sit, a, 
Like at the McDonald's when there used to be the Ronald McDonald's. Yeah, on right. exactly like that. Yeah. Except this is cast iron, like human. I don't, I don't know who it is. It's like Sir John A. McDonald or some shit. Design know. wise, it's kind of fucking annoying. Like they should have made him standing up with his arms, like leaning on the back, so that you could, you could still fit, fit like a couple people bench. sitting on the yeah. bench. So anyway, uh, uh, you, you sit next to him and you get your photo taken. How gnarly would it be? If you could get your your body cast uh, just covered in, in cast iron, oh, and then in like a position, like Han Solo, yeah, 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 exactly, and then like put downtown and for like a you know a little photo op thing. That's what, so that's what I'm doing. Okay, he was f- uh, captured in frozen carbonite, I believe it was. Yeah, um, I don't know what I want to do with my body. I don't know. That's uh, that would require some thought. I think I would you let people I mean, ethically eat it. <clears throat> Would I let them? I really don't care, to be honest. Good answer. But what, what I, what I, <clears throat> what I, I think I would just consult with somebody about the most, what is the most use I can be put to. Mm-hmm. And then I would just do that. I, yeah, I, would, that. I would just go, what's the most useful thing that but my think, body can do? I think then, like a cast iron. Like stance downtown is probably the most so like, useful. So in terms of our own, in terms of our own um, species, obviously you want to d- donate your organs so that you can be of help to somebody who's still alive. And then like everything else, you know, I'm assuming put it in the ground or maybe put it in the ocean. Like whatever, whatever way is the most. Yeah, but helpful. dude, you put it put it in the ocean. Like a couple of fish will reap the benefits. Or you put it in the ground. It's like. You know, a couple hundred bugs will eat you, but you cast iron yourself into like a, a stance and put yourself outside yeah. the library. Thousands. <clears throat> how many children thousands. are going to like climb on you? How many? Yep. How many like people walking by will like stop and and look well, at you? You know and, what, and Jared? Think, hey, that looks like that's you a know, good point. You know, like you're gonna you're gonna offer up so much yeah. more. I'm gonna have to reevaluate. So mm-hmm. much more, like yep. Uh, joy for I'm people. With, right? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to have to. Birds will have a place to shit. Yeah. You know? Guys, the the other thing um, is that I went to a funeral yesterday, <clears throat> and uh, it was uh, it was for my great uncle, and it was at a church. And man, I really, really, really have a hard time going to funerals at churches. I just find it like, and I totally respect that people have their traditions and ways that they want to go, but I think that. Oftentimes, like in our conversation with Caitlin, it just seems like, you know, there's this like, like cut and dry way that a, a funeral is supposed to go. And like, it's like, oh, you connect the contact the funeral home and then you, your body goes there for a wake. And it was actually an open casket wake that I went to, which I thought was pretty cool. However, it what the body was like very heavily embalmed. So mm. um, I find that they're always emotionally, too emotionally one sided. Like, like it's usually like, sad. yeah, it's always yeah. just like it's always it's always just like singularly sad. Oh, I thought you meant the way the embalmed body always looks like that. Well, no, I know that. No, yeah, usually embal- they look so like they like so, they just they, they look very neutral. They, no, no, dude, they always look like they just farted and they they don't want anyone to know, <laughs> but they know they do, and so they're just going it's a wry smile. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, what uh, I mean? it just and I don't know. I'm not. And I'm not saying that a funeral shouldn't be sad because there obviously is like very sad elements to to the fact that somebody's dead. But like, it doesn't have to only be sad. It doesn't though. have to only be sad. And I and I, I find that when I go to 
Like when we went to um, Matt Amiot's funeral, even though that was that was held at a church, like there was a lot of like really great, like hilarious moments to that, and like really, like I remember laughing and smiling. It also, a lot. didn't feel like a church. That was like a fucking me- mega. That that place was. Epic. They were like a rock and roll church. Yeah, that place was fucking um, sweet. Yeah, I mean, there was just like there was just different elements. So I guess it's not necessarily like if it's in a church, it's 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 only sad. It's not bad. It's you know different places do different do it differently. And I know um, I know at the the canoe club, there's been some. They've been hosting some um, uh, like celebration of life, like kind of like death parties mm-hmm. uh, lately. Like it's it's been trending a little bit um, and. Uh, a few where the person who's dying has been there mm-hmm. and the party is before they go. Um, but then a few in celebration afterwards. And it's just kind of like this open bar, come and like see the family and like pay respects. And I wonder how the bartenders who work those events feel. Um, inspired, I think. <laughs> yeah, dude. And they're um, also, they're also like, I'm getting them, I'm getting them potential death tips. Like people are right. feeling extra giving. Yeah. Like, you know, they're going, was, Oh yeah, 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 baby. Like I'm going to make uh, bank. Like they might write you into their will. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Interesting, um, um, but I, I, but I do think I do think that they they feel um, they feel like this is a a way where death is being looked at in a way that isn't traditionally sad, like like the way that you're talking about it usually being Taylor. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that like when we went to Brandon's funeral, um, it was it was for the most part pretty sad. But there until you got up there and it turned into a fucking stand-up routine, and then yeah. everyone that went up after you, it was like it was a little bit lighter, <clears throat> dude. Straight up, you cracked the tension. But and because before you, everything was very heavy and somber, and it was like I was crying the whole fucking day. Yeah, of course, I was. I was super sad. Mm-hmm. But but bef- you were the one who set the tone. You were the one who gave everyone permission to be like, oh, also, it is okay too to to laugh here. Yeah, like we're also yeah. totally cool to like have some fucking laughs. But it's like when when I and then like, everyone else who went up, it was like they were also cracking these like these memorable stories that were very, very light and very full of you know joy within their their nostalgia. And yeah, it, it, it kind of crosses over into if you ever go to a wedding and like all the all the uh, all the bridesmaids or groomsmen or whatever start giving speeches about about their friend, mm-hmm. and it's like it's always these like really. Like funny, like oh, this one time when we went out to the bar or whatever stories like that. Mm-hmm. It's like it went into that territory. Yeah, and it became less about being sad about the fact that he's gone and more about going. Let's remember him. Let's remember the like some of these ridiculous moments that were super funny. But isn't that the way that like you guys like when you think about your celebrations of life or whatever it is? Like, Dude, you don't know, you want people to be absolutely? Yeah, especially you know since I don't think I'm going to yeah. get married, so I want that. I need I need somebody to be able to tell story funny stories about me in front of a crowd <laughs> at, at some point. point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you guys know that's that's the way it's going to go down. Um, uh, this also, is kind of like I, I do have to say this: we've been talking about death a lot, dudes. Yeah. How many people do you think died in this bed? Oh, oh, so many people. I don't know. They definitely changed the sheets though. But um it looks like they've got a pretty like um pretty like moisture resistant layer underneath underneath here. Dude, so yeah, like, for I'm sure. sure the fluids just stayed right on top and they just wiped it away. I'll tell you what does stay right on top though is the heat. This thing, God, I've never sweat in a bed in my life. That's yeah, because so it's much. plastic underneath it's the sheet. It's just so hot. That's so that the fluids don't get into it. Um 
I, yeah, we uh, got to wrap this pitch up. Well, do. I do want to. I I don't know. This maybe we're opening a huge door, and uh, and Jer, maybe um, you can decide if you want to go here. But we were uh, with the trip to L.A. We were talking a lot about death, and yeah. a couple points that Taylor and I brought up um, a few times, and you were like, "Let's get into this later." Like this isn't the time for it. We were talking about um, your <coughs> the way that you view your m- mortality um, and how you're always trying to uh, make people feel comfortable with the idea of you not being here. But then um, when you go to a funeral or, or deal with somebody who's dying, um, it really fucks you up and you get really sad about it. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think it is? Well, I think, I think it's that, I think it's that I just, I've, I fully understand and realize that, your own death is far easier to comprehend than somebody else's, and that's it. I and feel so like I feel the exact. I feel, I feel opposite. See, for me, it's it's the. I wouldn't say I feel opposite. I feel. I would say that it's it's closer yeah. to equal. It's easier for me to swallow the idea of my own death than it is for me to swallow the idea of anybody else's. Anybody else's that I am close to. Is it because you have? the expectation that you'll go before most other people no. or is it just that it's like you've accepted your own mortality um, but it's sad losing other people yeah the process of someone dying is fucking real sad real bummer mm-hmm. Do you, how does that how does that play but I into- bet you if it was someone that we knew and they were like they were in my shoes doing what I do that the, that death would might be a little easier mm-hmm. to handle you know <clears throat> it's the sudden deaths that fuck me up man yeah yeah, I hear you. Like it's that's you know when Brandon died, we knew Brandon was sick, but like, were either of you expecting that call? There, I sure as fuck wasn't. There was a there was you know I was kind of like whoa 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 I thought we had like I thought we at least had like another week or two. Mm-hmm. There you was know? a time after he had his stroke and came home that. You and I and Dave Culligan went to the hospital together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, me, Brian. Sorry, yeah, Brian. Yeah, so you, me, Brian, and Dave we went to the hospital. And I remember feeling kind of fucked up that, at that time because he had just had the stroke. It was basically like his, he had the stroke. He can't continue with the cancer treatment that he was having in uh, the, the uh, experimental, <coughs> not experimental, but the, the, the trial uh, treatment that he was on in. Nashville or in Tennessee and then he came home we were going to visit him and I and I remember asking Kyle I went man I don't know what to expect because uh, I'm not I haven't been given enough information so I'm I'm feeling like maybe I'm going to talk to Brandon for the last time Mm -hmm. um I was there I was there too I was at the I was with you guys was that yeah and his brother was there yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah and that was the last time I spoke to Brandon that was the last time I spoke to Brandon Yeah, and, and I and I was see I when you said that I, in my head I was going, no, oh, no, dude, no, no, this isn't the last like and, and, like when you you because you voiced that as we were walking up to the oh hospital. sorry it was you me and Dave it wasn't Brian Brian wasn't there as we were walking up to the hospital you voiced that thought and mm-hmm. I remember specifically thinking, nah, no we've got we've got a couple weeks you know like if, if things are not good but we've got we've got some time to like cross her T's and dot her I's mm-hmm. and get her final hugs in and and uh, but we didn't 
right? Yeah. Like it, there, there was a suddenness even within the the knowing that it was coming. Now with Audrey Parker, it, I, I, that I, that was a completely different scenario. You just said you just said the word knowing though, like <clears throat> knowing, and I think that that's it. Like I think it's that the difference between understanding and knowing, like mm. understanding, like understanding that oh he had a stroke, he's not doing treatment anymore. You know the end is. You know, more or less inevitable, unless like some miracle happens. But like you understand that he's going to die, but you don't know it until it happens. You don't know that grief and what it's what it actually feels like until he's not there. Yeah. Ooh. But it was different with Audrey because you and and I know you're gonna um, go in and touch on that a little bit more, but um, the knowing happened sooner because there was a date set and it was yeah. cut and dry. Yeah. And we're not all so fortunate enough to have that. Yeah, no. But also, it's like Brandon wasn't wasn't the type that was like talking about like, yeah, I'm dying, guys. Like, I'm gonna die. I'm dying. Here it comes. Brandon was like, no, he was we're fucking. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this. Whereas I'm going, guys, I'm dying. Like, this mm-hmm. is. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. You know, like. But yeah, I, even though it's I, interesting. Even though I just seem to just keep on. Like, kicking. what is the right way when when you're in like Brandon's position, where you know you you are? Yeah, and I don't I, think there is a right. I don't know if way. I don't know how I feel sometimes about like using the terminology and language of like saying that you're battling an illness or you're fighting an illness, you're fighting for your life or something like that. But but um, he, like, doesn't he have to stay optimistic and kind of? <laughs> View it like that, or do you think that it? I think it just depends on the person, man. Yeah, I mean, it's also. I I would, I would, (coughs) I would hope that I would look at both sides Mm. and be like, and as a realist, go, let's fight this. But also, guys, I got cancer; it could kill me. I am one hundred percent in on getting rid of this shit, but it's also killed millions of people. Yeah, so uh, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna also think that I am. You know the exception to the rule. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, to wrap it up and to put hit on this last point because I wanted to ju- I wanted to to talk about this uh, other thing that I saw in the oh news. Oh, is this wrapping up? Or we're just starting something new. <clears throat> no, very. We just God, we just go right over it. I just classic thought, Brian Stever here. We talk about uh, yeah, dude. That is so classic, Brian. Um, we uh, we talk a lot about uh, mental illness, especially depression and uh, and anxiety, a lot on the podcast. And this was another thing that came up on Jerry News the other day. It's this thing called ketamine spray, and it says. Uh, it's a treatment to uh, depression that can be effective within a few hours rather than what is typical of depression medication, which weeks is or which is like weeks or months of of getting on it and seeing mm-hmm. how, seeing how it how it how it uh, takes to you. So it says the the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved S. Esketamine, a nasal spray derived from the active ingredients of the anesthetic and party drug ketamine. The prescription drug can treat severe depression in hours, while most antidepressants take weeks to have an effect. Johnson & Johnson's pharmaceutical company, Janssen, developed the drug that will be sold under the names Bravado, blah, 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 blah. The FDA says ketamine could be effective for patients who do not respond to other forms of treatment. And then it just basically went on to say that it's you know early stages, early times, and then they're being like mega careful with who they give it to and all that sort of thing because right. of the, because of like the 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 uh, associations that it has with 
being a party um, drug, being a party drug, just the same way, yeah. same way, same way that they're like, you know, really, or they try to keep, uh, opioids on lockdown. Yeah. Um, but interesting. To- it is interesting. Um, you know, we've Neil Brennan, a huge stand up comic, one of the co-creators and showrunners of Chappelle show. He has, uh, he's got a really amazing, amazing Netflix special called three mics where he, he actually talks it's very much like a sick boy episode. He talks a lot openly about his mental health. He has super, super severe depression and has for years and uh, has talked pretty openly about his, uh, about ketamine treatments and how, how it's like changed his life. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and super fascinating stuff. But when I saw this, this like escatamine spray or whatever it's called, um, man, the first thing I thought was, Fuck! That is going to be the hottest ticket item at like the, fe- the, at the, the, at festival, the, at the circuit? festival circuit. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna confirm nor deny whether or not I've ever done ketamine um, <laughs> at a festival. But <laughs> the, uh, let's just say that it happens at festivals a lot, and it's a very choice drug to use at festivals a lot, and people really like to do it. Recreationally, from time to time, and but people are doing it recreationally anyway. It's not. Like, it's not like if you, it's not like if right. You, but it's not like if you brought a spray on. onto the market that you'd be introducing something new that people haven't already. Been but let using me finish my point here. We are we are also at a time where uh, there's a fucking opioid epidemic, like racing across North America and killing so many fucking people, and. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the what what the deal is with like ketamine being um, uh, addictive. addictive or not. I'm I'm assuming it it for sure does have addictive qualities, just based off of. I guess you have to start thinking about how you weigh. So it's like it's it's kind of like a you know this is fucking this would be fucking <clears throat> awesome if it if it becomes a thing and that that like is like a groundbreaking treatment for depression. But also, there's going to be a there's going it's going to come with with a fuckload of drama behind it because of the nature of the drug. Do you think that? Do you think that? I hear what you're saying too, but think of something like um, like Ritalin or Adderall to deal with um, attention deficit. Um, Do you think that like something like that? Those drugs are used to help people who need to be able to focus or concentrate, um, and when it's used for people who need that, it really just basically levels out their personality and, mm-hmm. I guess, makes them more more of what is the accepted baseline or mm-hmm. well, like social Typical. norms, I guess. Um, but then people who who don't need that when they take it, they go basically mm-hmm. up to another level. Yeah. Um, do you think that? This esketamine thing will kind of be similar in the sense that, that, like, people will need it and use it to get to that baseline, but then also people will abuse it to get to this higher level. If, well, we're—I mean, but we, I we think don't, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. There's just so like, many things about uh, well, the, but it's because there's so many there's so many things about it that we have no idea right. of it as a, as a spray. Like we're making we're making really sweeping assumptions about a drug we really know nothing about, other than it's helpful for depression. Yeah, but um, but um. um you know, people obviously abuse Adderall and mm-hmm. Ritalin, um, but is there 
is there a crisis when it comes to that level of abuse? Like, is Adderall and Ritalin a, a problem on a like recreational level? I guess it depends on who you ask. I'm sure. I'm sure there has. I'm sure there has been. I, I mean, it's not. It's obviously not on the same scale as like uh, fentanyl. You right. Know, it's not in that ballpark. But I'm sure that there is. So I guess it'll be. And if you ask a family who's had a kid or or somebody who's you know, something's happened as a result of, of of abusing that. That I'm sure that they would tell you that there's a crisis, right? And I and I guess it depends on. Um, I guess it depends if if like. Well, I guess we'll have to watch this, but I wonder <coughs> if this ketamine spray will will be more problematic and more addictive in kind of closer relation to the way that fentanyl is, or will it be more? Um, I mean, I guess that hinges on what, on how like, on how addictive ketamine is in the first place. Like, I have no, I have no clue. Yeah. I think it's a bit addictive. It's a dissociative and a and a hallucin a hallucinogen. Um, if it fucks you up. Well, guys, a great way to not end this right now is to <laughs> to um, add one more thing about hallucinogenics, which is uh, a doctor has just petitioned the BC government to um, uh, to be able to use psilocybin. Um, in curing death anxiety. Um, Whoa, really? Actually, yeah. And so the thing, the one of the requirements that they've 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 noted, they've said like, well, one statistic that was quoted was that there's an eighty percent um, effectiveness mm-hmm. to using psilocybin to um, switch your perception about. Um, Those are all something. based on studies that Michael Pollan goes over in um, How Very to Change cool. Your Mind. Very right, cool. but um, but the so I guess. As of right now, they're wait, they're waiting on the results of this um, uh, petition to be able to use it for these clinical um, trials. But uh, one thing that is a requirement is that the person has gone through every other type of um, um, like possible uh, treatment before. Would that be like psychology, psychological intervention? A, a number of different, including psychological inter- interventions and other. I wonder if it's other drugs as well. There is other drugs too. Yeah, yeah. You uh, so, can- which is weird because, like, you know, is psilocybin that risky? And no. like, right. And so, shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't that maybe be one of the ones that is used before uh, a pharmaceutical drug is used? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, don't I wouldn't know where to rank it, but I would imagine it's quite and, low. And they're not, they're not, um, they're obviously not just giving them mushrooms in the hotel room. They're, yeah. or in, in they're the giving them probably room. S- it's <laughs> in a hotel room. Well, that was yeah. a bit of a slip. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is like a hotel room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you guys think is the rate for this? Um, uh, well, now we've gone full full circle, I guess, but. Uh, but um, they they have like obviously created um, uh, psilocybin in the lab, so um, yeah, like synthesized psilocybin. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, addiction liability for ketamine low to moderate. So I mean, it's not uh, you know, it's not like an opioid. Yeah, so you're probably not looking at yeah, you're not looking at the same type but, of buddy. I tell you thing. right now that nose spray is going to be showing up at the fast Dude, you know who you sounded like right there? It was that Instagram account that we were just watching? Craig. Oh, Craig. Yeah. Craig. Craig. Crazy Craig pranks. <laughs> Craig's pranks. Dude, he's really funny. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. This was uh, this was a fun little host episode brought to you uh, by the three of us in this in this hospital room. You know, I don't want to shit on the QE2. Um, the nurses here are amazing. 
The treatment's been amazing. Uh, the The room just needs a paint job. Uh, yeah, it's that's, just that's, the, that's the only it's thing. It's just the aesthetics of it's the place. It's just the aesthetics of this fucking bitch. Uh, but, uh, but huge thank you to, to the, the health team here. You guys are amazing. And, uh, and you're all amazing for listening to our show. Um, th- a, these I, little host episodes, we're going to keep these going. I think we're going to do one of these once a month and, uh, we're actually going to put it up on our Patreon. Uh, we're doing a little revamp of the Patreon. So, uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, but if you want to support us, uh, first of all, Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, hit the subscribe button. Uh, there's been some really beautiful reviews written lately. Rate, review, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, so some Kevin Kevin O'Leary there for you, a little Kevin O'Leary uh, insider. We 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 recorded with Kevin. We fucking made Kevin O'Leary's podcast. It's uh, go listen to it if you want. I don't fucking care. Um, uh, and uh, we, we fucking we had to get it. We were like, all right, Kevin, we need you to say rate, review, and subscribe. You're gonna go right into it. Eh? I'll fucking say it. I don't care. And we were like, Kevin, say rate, review, and subscribe. And you know, rate, review, subscribe. He would be like, and a rate, review, and subscribe. And we were like, uh, subscribe Subscri- is not a word. Subscribe. You're going to want to really enunciate that last word there. Do you think he had a, a speech impediment as a, uh, as a kid? It seems like know. he has a hard time with his bees. Subscribe. <laughs> I can't really remember in full. Uh, anyway, totally I'm not talking yeah. shit about Kevin O'Leary. Um, you know, he's, he is, yeah, cause he, he, is he, a, cause he wouldn't talk shit about you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a man. Uh, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. He's, a, he's a person. Yeah, and you know what? You're not talking I, shit. You're just being honest. Just you're just being, being brutally and you know honest. What? I'm being brutally honest, and I have to piss so bad. So if you want to support us uh, uh, financially, you can go over to patreon.com slash sickboy. That's patreon.com slash sickboy. That's patreon.com slash sickboy. We're revamping it. There's going to be episodes. We're going to do them as hosts. We're going to release them every month. It's going to be really great. I really do have to piss so bad. Uh, I'm Taylor. Okay. And uh, that was quick, but it's a very important message that Taylor had. The other thing is that um, we're getting ready to um, give you some more deets on sick wish 2019 um, in, uh, in, in attempts to get people stoked about sick wish. We're, uh, we're also um, doing a bit of a campaign around um, making people feel better who are having shitty times in the hospital. So if you know somebody who's in the hospital and uh they're having a tough go right now. Um, send us a message and let us know because we want to either hook them up with um, some meal delivery or uh, do something nice for them. Um, and uh, if they're in Halifax, let us know and we'll we'll maybe pop by and visit them and say hi. Um, that is it for this week. I am Brian. Taylor's peeing in the bathroom, and I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.